0: Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast, my name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about antibiotics. And you can find written notes on this topic at zerotofinals.com slash antibiotics or in the infectious diseases section of the Zero to Finals medicine book. So let's get straight into it. Antibiotics are used to treat infections caused by bacteria and they work in various ways. Bacteriostatic antibiotics stop or slow the reproduction and growth of the bacteria And bactericidal antibiotics kill the bacteria directly Overuse or inappropriate use can lead to antibiotic resistance and limited treatment options for infections Let's talk in more detail about local resistance and local guidelines Bacteria in different populations in different areas of the country develop resistance to different antibiotics. For example the E. coli in one area of the country might be particularly resistant to trimethoprim whilst in another area of the country there might be low levels of trimethoprim resistance. Therefore it's necessary to have local policies that guide what antibiotics to use in different scenarios. A top tip for you, in your OSCEs, questions about treating infections can always be answered with antibiotics according to the local antibiotic policy, even if you have no idea what the usual choice would be. Let's go through the antibiotics that work by inhibiting cell wall synthesis. Antibiotics that inhibit cell wall synthesis can be categorized into those that have a beta-lactam ring and those that do not have a beta-lactam ring. Those that do have a beta-lactam ring include penicillins, keflosporins, and carbapenems, such as meropenem. Those that do not have a beta-lactam ring include vancomycin and tycoplanin. Next, let's talk about antibiotics that inhibit folic acid metabolism. Bacteria produce folic acid in a series of steps. Paraaminobenzoic acid or PABA is directly absorbed across the cell membrane into the bacterial cell. This is converted into dihydrofolic acid, then to tetrahydrofolic acid and then to folic acid. Antibiotics can be used to disrupt steps along this chain. Sulfamethoxazole, blocks the conversion of para-aminobenzoic acid to dihydrofolic acid. Trimethoprim blocks the conversion of dihydrofolic acid to tetrahydrofolic acid. By disrupting steps along this chain, they prevent the bacteria from producing folic acid, which is important for synthesizing and regulating DNA within the bacteria. Cotrimoxazole is a combination of sulfamethoxazole and trimethoprim Trimethoprim on its own is bacteriostatic whilst cotrimoxazole is bactericidal Next let's talk about metronidazole Metronidazole is reduced into its active form inside anaerobic bacteria When it's partially reduced, metronidazole inhibits DNA synthesis. Metronidazole is very effective against anaerobic bacteria but it has no effect on aerobes. It's bactericidal to anaerobic bacteria. Next let's talk about antibiotics that target the ribosomes. Ribosomes are responsible for synthesizing proteins within the bacterial cell. Antibiotics that inhibit protein synthesis by targeting the ribosomes include macrolides, for example, erythromycin, clarithromycin, and azithromycin, clindamycin, tetracyclines, for example, doxycycline, gentamicin, and chloramphenicol. Next, let's talk about nitrofurantoin. Nitrofurantoin is used exclusively to treat lower urinary tract infections After nitrofurantoin is absorbed it's present in very low levels in the blood And it gets excreted and concentrated in the urine Nitrofurantoin in the urine is absorbed into the bacterial cell Where flavoproteins reduce it into its highly active form Which attacks the bacterial DNA Ribosomes and other cell components Nitrofurantoin is bactericidal Meaning it directly kills the bacteria It's not used to treat upper urinary tract infections For example pyelonephritis Or infections in other areas of the body As it only achieves adequate concentrations in the urine And not in the blood Next let's talk about penicillin allergy Patients that have been labelled as having a penicillin allergy are very common. True penicillin allergy can lead to anaphylaxis and death and should not be taken lightly. However, true penicillin allergy only accounts for around 10% or less of reported penicillin allergies. Being labelled as having a penicillin allergy stops patients from getting potentially life saving antibiotics. A small proportion of patients with a penicillin allergy will have a cross-reaction to cephalosporins and carbapenems. Cross-reactivity is often quoted at around 10% but in reality it's closer to 1%. A top tip for you, always ask about the reaction when you're taking an allergy history. Diarrhea, for example, is a side effect rather than an allergy and it means that if necessary, for example in life-threatening sepsis, the antibiotic can still be used. Finally, let's talk about antibiotic coverage. You will find a table showing which antibiotics cover which bacteria in the Zero to Finals Medicine book or on the website. You can use this table to think about how you would treat different presentations of patients with different infections. For example, thinking about what antibiotics would be appropriate for a patient with a chest infection and why. This table is not exactly accurate and should not be used for treating patients, but it is helpful for gaining an understanding of the general patterns of the bacteria that affect different areas of the body and which antibiotics work against them. Amoxicillin works against gram-positive bacteria Coamoxiclav works against gram-positive, gram-negative bacteria and anaerobes Clarithromycin works against gram-positive and atypical bacteria Clindamycin works against gram-positive bacteria and anaerobes Gentamycin works against gram-negative bacteria Ciprofloxacin works against gram negative bacteria and atypicals. Metronidazole works against anaerobes. Doxycycline works against gram positive bacteria, gram negative bacteria, anaerobes, and atypical bacteria. And vancomycin works against gram positive bacteria. A final Tom tip for you when learning antibiotic coverage, I use this stepwise process of escalating antibiotic treatment in a hospital patient to remember what antibiotics covered what bacteria. Each step of this escalating antibiotic treatment covers all the bacteria in the previous step as well as some new ones. So if you start with amoxicillin, this covers streptococci, listeria and enterococci. If you switch amoxicillin to coamoxiclav, this additionally covers staphylococci, haemophilus and E. coli. Switching this to piperacillin and tazobactam or tazacin additionally covers pseudomonas. Switching tazacin to meropenem additionally covers extended spectrum beta-lactamase bacteria or ESBLs. Adding tigoplanin or vancomycin to the meropenem additionally covers MRSA. And adding clarithromycin or doxycycline additionally covers atypical bacteria. So thanks for listening to this episode on antibiotics. As always, a big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing the podcast. You can find his audio editing services at harrywatchman.co.uk. And I hope you join us for the next episode where we'll talk about sepsis.